3: sports today Craig Miss Joe Ranieri. it's our second hour of our Monday edition of the show May the 4th be with you if you missed any of our great Star Wars content great is loosely termed but either way go back and watch it on demand just go to our YouTube channel or just hit that rewind button it'll take you back I ranked every single Star Wars movie and all of the prequels the sequels and everything in between 1 through 11. Catch them on demand on our YouTube channel, of course, which is Sports Grid. Also uh, on the show, Joe and I talked very briefly, although we can you know, certainly reset uh, the topic again. Really, in sports over the weekend, the biggest story, Joe, essentially, was a backup quarterback signing in the NFL. Certainly, Leonard Fournette knows he won't have a fifth year on his contract. John Ross knows that he won't have a fifth year on his contract. But Andy Dalton has a destination for 2020, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. And certainly, when you look at backup quarterbacks in the NFL – at this stage, Dalton being a starter in the year for over a decade, uh, pretty good landing spot for him in Dallas. I think we both expect that Prescott eventually will get paid and will start. But just in case anything goes sour, they got to got to pretty much step in and do a good
4: job. Yeah, you're gonna have to uh, gonna have to do something. We know how valuable a backup quarterback is in the uh, the NFL, and he might very well be one of the most versatile and um complete quarterbacks uh as a number two that there is in the league he's going to know that offense he's going to be able to step in for dallas and uh they could not have who well kellen moore like back and like who, who's been dallas's backups <laughs> you know it's like so <laughs> good for them. yeah ex- good for them i think it's the I, I think it's a smart move only three million bucks i think is what it cost them so if he plays he's got incentives but uh uh, good for Dallas. I think Jerry uh, got lucky again and, and moved before anybody else did. Good for Jerry.
3: Yeah, and, and he could make up to $7 million. But, look, I think that we would both agree, similar to uh, Matt Hasselback and some of the other quarterbacks in the NFL, Dalton, if he chooses to, my guess, uh, under a very minimum salary, if he wanted to be the backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for the next five years and make another $5 million, if he loves it, he absolutely can do it. And it's not for everybody. Like, I don't think we would be anticipated to, uh, Tom Brady being a backup, Peyton Manning being a backup. I don't think Drew Brees is going to be a backup at any stage. I'm not even sure Cam is going to be a backup. But for a guy like Andy Dalton, um, you know, and chasing a ring, for sure. Chasing a Super Bowl appearance, for sure. Chasing a uh, AFC or NFC championship, for sure. It certainly does make a lot of sense. Uh, one of the things also, Joe and I went back and we talked about were the old Star Wars toys. So make sure you... Go back and check that out. I came prepared for the show today, of course, and we uh, got a little uh, the old Chewbacca here. That's an original Chewbacca, by the way, right there from uh, wow. 1978.
4: Right that's there. crazy. <laughs> mm. Oh, and there he is, also carrying his uh, Darth Vader that's case. Crazy. There, that's it. Look at that, ridiculous. Can't get that anymore. All right, so here,
3: so I'm going to sh- I'm going to show you a, uh, two Star Wars figures right okay. now before we go to our uh, our futures bets. Let me see. And I'm gonna ask you to go two for two. Go ahead. Okay. One yeah. is easy. And I think I think actually both are for the average Star Wars fan, both are easy. And both okay. are from the original series. Okay. So this is an easy one. Okay. This is an original one as well from 1970 something. Let's
4: see. Uh that would have been uh by that's my boy, R2 D two, right there. That's what that's yes, what that's we it. got. Yeah. R2 D2. Yep. R2-D2. yep. That's not, not bad condition. Does the head turn still? Is that, uh, I That's believe, tough. right? <laughs> yep, remember it that well. Yep.
0: Uh-oh. And
3: then this one, this this is, I I think this is still a relatively easy one. Again, I don't have many of the figures left over. It's like, it feels like if you're watching this show, you must think I have so many. I've told you my sad story. All right, here's the other one. You ready?
4: Go ahead. Oh, that was uh, that's Webster, isn't it? Not Webster. Um, <laughs> Webster, Webster. Uh, you know what I meant? What's, it's a,
3: it's no, like, I don't know Webster.
4: No. <laughs> it's not it, Webster. It's, it's an Ewok, isn't that? Isn't that what it is? It's Webster. an Ewok. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Webster?
1: It's
4: a wrong TV Webster? show. It's a different TV show. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't even know if we can air this show webster <laughs> <laughs> worth There's the one. price of admission just for your face right there that was fantastic <laughs> the guy from right. different strokes <laughs> Harry coleman yes absolutely I'm oh little... i love it <laughs> yeah, no dude. more Star wars toys for this show don't you dare throw don't you test me man oh didn't they get their own spinoff too? Didn't they get a cartoon or something? Ewoks. I think Ewoks. They, they had Webel or something. I don't they, know they, know did, they did. Yeah. It. They they got a. There was a lot of spinoff from that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Webster wasn't one
3: of them. Definitely not Webster. <laughs> okay. Back to things that Joe knows. Let's uh, do the uh, NFL futures bets for 2020 today. We're going to take a look. And I think one of the more interesting teams, um, a team that I was wrong about last year, I definitely, one of my, wasn't my favorite one, but one of the top three or four that I would have had would have been betting under on Houston. And, and, man, they were a very big surprise to me last year. And they played very well in the regular season and, of course, got smashed in the uh, in the playoffs by the Chiefs. I think they went up, like. Didn't they go up twenty-one nothing on the Chiefs and then got smashed or something like that. I don't know, yep. but uh, I don't know how they did it last year. I honestly don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the things that they've done, and of course, not having Hopkins there is, I, I think, a little bit problematic. But they, you know, Vegas is very, very sour on the Texans this year, Joe. Yes, um, their total is seven and a half. Wow. for 2020, and and it's leaning toward the under at a Mm -hmm. minus 120 as well if you're a little optimistic on houston you can go over seven and a half plus 100 their odds to win the afc this year are 24 to 1 their odds to win the afc south there's not a ton of value there at three to one because you would probably guess that they have a shot it's not totally unreasonable but there's just not a lot of hope there for houston i don't feel like they're in a rebuild mode but joe it sort of seems like where they're headed here
4: yeah, I uh, I don't – to me, this all comes down to their offensive line again. I know they gave uh, somebody uh, we know here, Laramie Tunsell uh, from Miami, gave him a whole lot of money now uh, in order to anchor that line. And it's always kind of been the biggest question mark there. They've got David Johnson. They're – you know, they got Brandon. They've added a couple of pieces on offense. What are they going to do? Uh, not uh, – uh, this is all going to come down to Deshaun Watson. To me – how you protect deshaun watson and give him an opportunity to make some plays for you uh if not i fear deshaun watson's heading down the same path cam newton did where they they do they focus on other areas and don't protect your one biggest asset and i think that's kind of where deshaun watson unfortunately is heading so i hope they figure it out but Eight wins is tough in this division right now, man. As good as he is, um, that's tough, given the changes that they've gone for right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, he was, he was a one-man show last year. Yeah. I remember he made some plays to win games for them at the end of games, just throwing balls up in the air. and. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't get enough credit for the kind of quarterback that he is, and I don't think that it's trending very well for him in particular with the way that they're headed. I think David Johnson is done. I think he is finished. I I know that Houston got him, and they're going to attempt to give him the ball a lot. But, look, they they definitely found a diamond in the rough last year with Carlos Hyde, Mm -hmm. but it's very hard to find lightning like that uh, uh, twice in the NFL at running back. And I'm not sure what Hyde has left. Maybe he's back with them. I'm I'm not even sure, but I don't think David Johnson, Joe, has any at all. I saw him play last year. This guy hasn't been healthy in two years. And honestly, I mean, that whole trade essentially, I guess, was just about not wanting to extend Hopkins. But what has David Johnson shown in the last two years to make you think that this guy could get even close to 1,000 yards in a season? I mean, I put Gurley above him, but, I I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I was shocked. I mean, the, the number one pick in fantasy football three years ago, potentially out of the league after this
4: year. It's kind of time is running out for him. So he's got the, if, uh, if Bill O'Brien can reignite, and and some people say just wasn't a good fit there with Kingsbury, didn't utilize him in the right way. Well, okay, um, here you go, Bill. Let's, uh, you know, you've kind of, you've kind of done the dance around in, uh, in Houston for a while with, uh, with different running backs. I, It'll be interesting to see, but I don't know what to anticipate. I don't think you're ever going to get back to what he was. What a couple of years ago. I, I, I don't. I don't know what they were thinking. I know what they were thinking, but maybe they think he's got a little left in the tank here. I hope, for their sake, I hope he does. But I don't know that don't I'd be drafting him in uh, in fantasy anytime soon.
3: They brought him in a game late last year and they gave him a carry a guy looked like he couldn't even walk they took I him agree. out of the game drake did a great job with arizona and so yep. uh, i got no real opinion on houston because i was so far on their under last year and it didn't even come close but again some lucky wins at the end of the game maybe yep. instead of a 10 win team they become an eight win team but another team that i believe is not in rebuild mode i think that they are going to try and win now there is pressure on that team to win now especially with what happened to them in the playoffs. So yep. that's the story with the Houston Texans. Now let's move on to a team that at least the odds seem to be a lot more bullish on, and that is of course the Indianapolis Colts. And sort of another team that I don't really get the love here for as well. They're over eight and a half is minus one sixty. Okay. Uh under eight and a half plus one thirty five. I suppose the way the view is is that it was all simply a matter of the quarterbacking last year in Indianapolis. At least that's kind of what this points to. Now uh, they did draft a uh, another running back there, so we'll see what Jonathan Taylor has to add. Their odds to win the AFC are significantly better than Houston's at twelve to one, and they're the favorite or are close to the favorite in the uh, in the AFC South. So I think that there is certainly a chance at plus one thirty five that this could end up hitting. But Joe, for me, the Colts, I, I just I-, I can't go all in on Philip Rivers at this stage based on what I saw last year. So if I'm going to lean any particular way, it definitely would be toward the under eight and a half. Great coaching there in Indy. Great, uh, great defense uh, linebacker there too. Okay, defensive backs, good offensive line, really good game planning. I think it's one of my favorite teams in terms of game planning in the NFL with Frank Reich. But
4: I just I don't, I don't see the Colts as a nine or ten win team. Yeah, it's. Um... I think they did a great job in the draft. They found a great uh, compliment to T.Y. Hilton on the outside. It's always been kind of the head scratching there in that wide receiver room with them outside of T.Y. And then when he got hurt, like, what, what do we, where do we go now? Mack has been great for them. I, I love that they brought in Jonathan uh, Taylor. I think they, You bring in a quarterback like philip rivers getting up there not a lot left in the tank but what do you do you surround him with more weapons what this will be the best offensive line philip rivers has played behind in forever is what it's going to seem like i don't think they're going to ask philip rivers to be the end-all be-all like in many situations they did with the chargers where Gets to the end of the game, and he just feels like he's got to chuck it up because what the hell else are they going to do there in big moments? Frank Wright is definitely a step up over uh, Anthony Lynn, in my opinion. So, uh, can they win nine games? Um, yeah, I-, I do think if they don't get hit by the injury bug, I think this is a pretty darn good team coming out of the uh, coming out of that AFC South. What do you think happened with Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, I it, I, I get the sense that.
3: That contract extension that they gave him last year was, I don't want to say it was a panic extension, but I think that they had to show their fan base that the season wasn't going to be a total disaster when Andrew Luck retired. Right. And they sent the message essentially saying, hey, look, we're going to be okay. We have our quarterback in the future because if you, do, if you don't do that, it could send them into just a complete tailspin. I feel like they had to back a guy, and that's why they did it last year. And by the way, with Luck retiring, they also were able to save a lot of money, which right. kind of gave them set the money, too. But I suppose beyond 2020, uh, it wouldn't make much sense for them to even hang on to out because if he doesn't have any money guaranteed to him, they're probably going to let him go.
4: Yeah, and listen, he was the backup to Andrew Luck anyway. He wasn't going to play anytime soon, but with the injury history of Luck, they felt pretty confident Jacoby Brissett could possibly move into that starting role. It just happened faster than, unfortunately, they were anticipating once Luck retired. And I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought injuries really changed the dynamic of the Colts, the kicking game, change you know vinitary got the yips all of a sudden now and what should have been automatic wasn't there were so there were a lot of things that went wrong for Brissett, but i frank Frank obviously looking at both quarterback goes philip rivers gets us a a shot to win now and then we still hold on to jacoby Brissett, another year under somebody like uh like philip rivers and if they need him uh, what better backup quarterback than uh, the Brissett right now? But uh, they got to win now apparently, and that's kind of what how they drafted and and how they're looking at it.
3: All right, so that's our look at a couple of features in the NFL. As we mentioned, uh, Dallas ends up signing Andy Dalton. Uh, Des Bryant, the former wide receiver of the Cowboys, Joe yesterday came out and essentially said that uh, you know, like he was like bashing the move. I-, I just don't know for Des Bryant where the awareness is. Does anybody really think? That the Cowboys signed Andy Dalton to be their starting quarterback, they, I mean, they signed him in a drop dead scenario. If they can't get Dak signed, okay, but that's like the small piece of the puzzle there. I don't know what Des Bryant is even saying. Honestly,
4: it makes no sense. I'm not sure why anybody's even listening to Des Bryant anymore. He, yeah, he compared like Tony Romo getting contracts and like, yeah, you know, he's listening. He's a supporter of Dak, and I get it. But the reality is, three million dollars is not going to make a break if they pay Dak Prescott long term. So. Uh, I get your your you got his back, Des. You were at his house for his birthday party. I get it, but yeah, no, it just wasn't the right time or the right comparison.
3: And finally, did you see Antonio Brown back on Instagram posting a picture of him in a Baltimore Ravens uniform? I know that they've been working out together here in South Florida, but my guess is is that the Baltimore Ravens are. Probably not signing Antonio Brown. And by the way, anybody that signs Antonio Brown probably understands he's suspended for a couple of games at least going into the year, right?
4: I, I don't know why. Uh, it would be nice. I know he's pushing for it, but I do not see, especially the way they drafted and what they've got going on into the season, I don't know that they would ever risk it with uh, with Antonio Brown. They got his brother. I mean, I'll give him that, but uh, he's not his brother, certainly from a demeanor standpoint as well.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, what we'll do is uh, we're going to take a time out here on Fantasy Sports today for us to collect our thoughts. Coming up next, what we're going to do is have our stadium tour coming up next. We'll hit on one baseball and we've got a college basketball today. So Mm -hmm. two different stadiums, two different historic teams, uh, one in baseball, one in basketball. We'll cover those next. Also, don't forget, Joe and I are here every day, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on FST. A little bit later, you can catch Pharrell as he goes coast to coast every single day for three hours right here on SportsGrid. So make sure you catch his show and all of the other shows here that are on Sports Grid. Also, don't forget SportsGrid.com has all of our content posted there. You can go and watch all of our shows as well as uh, we timestamp everything and let you know exactly what we talk about each segment which is not something that a lot of people do. It keeps you really compelled. You can fast Mm -hmm. forward, rewind any part of the show that you like. We'll be right back after this as we hit a couple of stadiums. Don't go away. to fantasy sports today craig mish along with joe renari with you here on the show on this may the 4th and you know we could probably do instead of our historical stadium tour historical star wars ships mm-hmm. i would say uh the millennium falcon would be one i think that would be the okay. uh star destroyer the death star that's not safe we you can tell though yeah remember when it was freezing cold Remember that area too. Do you have? Did you have the hawk place that Joe? That's
4: worth a lot of money now. Is it really? I did not, but um, I got to imagine a lot of these. I mean, how from a collector's? Not page, really. Nothing no, crazy. No. They have
3: to be in there, in you know, on not played with, you know. And, Boxed. and come on, I yeah. Mean, when we were,
4: Who did that? I mean, when we were kids, we were opening those things, you know. That was the whole point. Otherwise, who would uh, who would sit there and get like, oh, wow, Darth Vader and let me not open it like that just wasn't. I mean, I mean, now
3: I understand because everyone does it and they become become collectibles. Now you don't open the things and you save them. But back then, like what person bought a Star Wars toy to hoard and not open? Like, it's just unthinkable to me. And the wrestling figures, too. People didn't open their wrestling figures. I had those too in the 80s. Yep. Like, I got a Hulk Hogan toy. Let me not open this and put it aside.
4: I mean. What? Didn't make any sense. Yes, didn't make any sense. You got them in order to play with them and beat them to uh, beat them into a pulp. That was the whole point.
3: Right now, now baseball cards were a little bit different because you kind of knew at some point they were collectibles. They made sealed sets. They made sealed packs. Right. Uh, that that made some sense. You know, right. you're going to you hold them, and then 20 years you may open them That's like a, a good bottle of wine. But yeah. I had an Andre the Giant and Big John Studd fight. I couldn't do it in the packaging. Didn't
4: make point. sense. Yep, yeah, and then yeah, it's a lot of truth. It didn't work with uh, with them still in their bag and their uh, box no. that came in. I agree. Yep. So
3: I didn't. I didn't have any Star Wars toys boxed. Nothing. And the figures themselves are like a handful of bucks: six, seven, ten bucks. Oh, all you know? right. Not so
4: not. interesting. It didn't really.
3: Hmm. You know what happened was they were worth a lot more money, and eBay opened up the world to be able to buy whatever you wanted at yeah, that point it, it, and yeah. so you know ebay is the best thing in the world and it's also for some collectibles the worst because it made things that were almost impossible to get now very easy to get you just go on there, there.
4: yep so true so, yep
3: that's part of that, that conversation but coming up a little bit later in the show make sure you stay tuned because we are going to go through my top 11 they're all only 11 so my i'll rank one through 11 star wars movies all time one through mm-hmm. eleven and then we'll even double down on that. And Joe Pizzapia is gonna join us a little bit later in the show. He's got his top Star Wars movies of all time and the top characters of all time as well. Love it. Some scintillating stuff. And some comedy, I will assure you, will ensue. I have a feeling on that. I okay, can't okay. be sure, but I have a feeling. Let's
4: do it, baby. Let's do it. Exciting.
3: Some good Joe Raneri references will come. To, <laughs> I have a feeling about that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> for today, we're running thin on the baseball here but for today i thought that what we would do is a baseball theme and a basketball theme for our best franchises and best players in franchise history and stadiums okay and so i didn't want to go too far back with this one i wanted to get like a more recent one and then a historical one so for baseball surprisingly when you think about it joe the, there's basically been four teams that are of the newer variety outside of the Washington Nationals. Now the Nationals were, of course, the Washington Ex- or the uh, Montreal Expos, excuse right. me. But but the pseudo expansion teams of the late '90s were the Rockies, who have mm. gotten themselves to a World Series. Right. The Rays, who have gotten themselves to a World Series and also been a pretty successful franchise over the last decade. The Marlins, that have two World Series championships since mm-hmm. 1993. And then the team that we're going to discuss today, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And believe it or not, for those of you who forgot, the Arizona Diamondbacks have a World Series championship under their belt as well. So let's start off with Arizona today and go to their stadium, which is, of course, Chase Field in yeah. Phoenix. It opened up in 1998. There are some people who feel eventually they're going to get a new stadium. Maybe they won't. That city is really tough on building new places outside of the beautiful football stadium that they built in Glen- and Dale, which is gorgeous but uh, they renovate a lot of spring training places chase field now believe it or not one of the older stadiums in major league baseball home of the arizona diamondbacks and joe world series championships they have won and i would guess that you probably remember that world series in game seven of what happened in that game
4: yeah thanks for uh, bringing up just uh, awful memories there yeah I uh, appreciate that uh, it was uh, as disappointing as they come But uh, listen, I got to give them uh, credit and credit the organization for doing what a lot of those uh, late expansion teams like you mentioned did is they managed to put it together uh, in a short period of time and managed to bring the hardware home. So there are and we know an awful lot of teams that have been around a lot longer still waiting to get that elusive uh, hardware. So uh, kudos to the uh, Arizona team and uh, Calangelo and everyone else pretty much owns yeah. all of them essentially within
3: three years the diamondbacks are are uh, in a world series and winning a world series and yep. make a lot of people remember luis gonzalez's hit off uh, mariano rivera in uh, in game seven and certainly yep. one of the more exciting world series in in history as well so in this limited history that we have with the diamondbacks let's take a look at the best players that have ever put on a diamondbacks uniform and the randy johnson is is one of those very few Hall of Famers like uh, Frank Robinson is a good example of another one with Baltimore and Cincinnati. There are a couple of other players as well. That's probably going back beyond some people's days. But Randy Johnson is kind of an icon, Joe, with Seattle and Arizona, you know? Like he really, I mean, Montreal got it all started, but he, he wasn't there long enough to really make that big of an impact. I think that he was only with them for two years, if I'm not mistaken, and that was it. Uh, but when he was with Seattle, that's where things started getting going. And then he ends up winning the World Series with Arizona, moves on to the Yankees and Diamondbacks, but uh, goes into the Hall of Fame. And and I think that most people associate him with only He's a special assistant for them as well. So yep. um, that's where we'll start. Uh, Kurt Schilling, hand in hand right there, right? I mean, I, I guess, I mean, Kurt Schilling is another one of those that like, where, who do you associate him with, Joe? Do you associate him as a member of the Phillies who he got to his first World Series with? Do you associate him... As a Diamondback, where he won the World Series, do you associate him as a Boston Red Sox? Who we won a World Series, two World Series with after that. Tough yeah, one. Yeah, yeah.
4: Bloody sock is what comes to mind there, I think, is what uh, most people remember Schilling for. But uh, that duo of Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling uh, in those Arizona days were just, uh, that was as good as it came in uh, in Major League Baseball. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, and, and I gotta tell you that I mean to me with with Schilling, it's one of the more disappointing things to see him not in the Hall of Fame because I definitely think that he deserves to be in there right next to Randy Johnson. Absolutely. And, and simply put, the only reason why he is not in there is for his political takes. And and by the way, I get it. He is a really tough follow uh, on on social media, and I follow him for the baseball stuff, not for the political stuff. But like, he will go in on anyone on politics like you could be an egg on twitter joe and have one follower and he will argue with you and fight with you for an hour and a half and at four in the morning too like i mean i I don't get it i don't understand it and it's a shame that that has kept him out it shouldn't he should be in the hall of fame he should have been in the hall of fame last year but my guess is is that in 2021 he's got a pretty good shot the class is not great in 2021
4: i think it'll happen it should happen and and yeah but unfortunately some guys just can't help himself he happens to be one of them
3: yeah i i just i've I've never understood the situation with that but uh luis gonzalez one of the nicest guys around ended up with the marlins at the end of his career got a chance to know him pretty what a great guy he was a long career and with the diamondbacks ended up really cementing his place in baseball history with that base hit he also had that one monster year with the diamondbacks where he hit uh 58 home runs or whatever it was a crazy number with the, with the diamondbacks so he goes there uh paul goldschmidt many years as an all-star with with arizona moving to uh st louis mm-hmm. uh, joe people forget about brandon webb cy young award winner and then and then second place twice good point point. And, and webb unfortunately had a serious shoulder injury it just ended his career very quickly he could have been a 20-year pitcher in the big leagues it only ended up being six or seven years but he was really good with yep. Arizona no one yep. ever talks about
4: him. yeah he had a stretch there where he was uh, certainly from a fantasy perspective was pretty valuable too to having a rotation was he not
3: yeah absolutely yep. yeah yep. he was a top 10 pitcher for four years in a row yep and then uh, finally we'll close it out with my buddy Brad Ziegler gotta put him on the list uh, most is all time for the Arizona Diamondbacks and ended up finishing up his career with them as well. A different sort of era, but uh, Brad was as solid as it came as a big league reliever and wanted to make sure that in terms of icons that he made it onto this list. Uh, anybody that you you think I forgot, Joe, I think that this was a pretty extensive list. I don't really feel like I, I missed out on anyone.
4: Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty good list. Who would you put as far as uh, maybe on the uh, iconic managers of this uh, organization there? who would Well, you... it, it's weird because, you know, Buck Showalter mm-hmm.
3: essentially, Brought this team right to the point, yep. <laughs> just like he did with the Yankees. He brought them right to the point before they won, and then Bob Brenly came in and they won the World Series.
4: Yep, yep. From the booth too, did he not? Wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he in the booth, Brenly, and they brought him down, or was that after? Uh, he may have been in the Cubs booth I, yeah, and then went to in the, the Diamondbacks and yeah. went
3: back again. Yep,
4: yep. But so so that's done. uh, yeah. So. yeah Walter's a guy that, uh, yeah, his same type of thing there. But I think people forget just how uh, how. How long he was with that Arizona franchise and really got him, got him up and running rather quickly, man. But it just that's the history of Buck Showalter, um, Bob Melvin, who's a really right. good manager, and is now with Oakland. Kirk right. Gibson,
3: who great player, not a good manager.
4: Manager, right? Yep. Um, and now
3: Torrey Lavello, who's their manager now. I think that kind of covers it.
4: That's I it. Got it. A... No, you did a good job with that. Finally, Because I'm all right. Hit it. on every. Uh, Steve Finley was a, was a Diamondbacks player for a while. So very good, yeah. Uh,
3: Zach Greinke a couple of years. Jose oh. Valverde was a pretty good closer for them. Yep. yep. And Justin Upton played a few years in Arizona too.
4: There you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty good franchise for as long as they've been around. That's for sure. A lot of winning, you could
3: think, yep. and and they seem to be relevant most years, which is you can't say that for a lot of teams no, in Major League Baseball. That. Yep. All right. So for baseball, let's go over to college basketball and we've got an iconic stadium. Now I I wasn't familiar at all with this guy, Simon something. Yep. Yep. Assembly hall. (laughs) That's what
4: we know it as. Yep.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I, I just call it assembly hall, but I guess that we'll just throw the name on there too. Opened up in 1971 home of the indiana hoosiers and they've won three college basketball championships since 1971 they won one previous to 1971 as well Hmm. uh joe indiana basketball uh, these days is not as synonymous with winning titles as it was in the 70s the 80s and even the 90s to a degree why do you think that the hoosiers have sort of slipped up a little bit do they not have the athletes that the other teams have it's just they've kind of not, not as relevant as they used to be. I feel like
4: tough to be a, um, tough to be a contender in a world of social media. And, uh, you know, in Indiana, there's not a whole lot going on, uh, if you're going to go there and while they have a great tradition, uh, recruiting is everything, especially in college basketball, it's kind of hard to get convinced guys that, you know, you should go there as opposed to, you know, Michigan state or Michigan or some of these other programs right now. It's, it's kind of hard to convince them to do that. Recruiting it and all schools, I think, that were once really good in, uh, in both basketball and football, finding it hard to uh, convince kids these days that uh, this is the place to come to when you have so many other choices now.
3: Yeah, and a lot of these other schools after one year are pumping out the NBA players. It's yep. uh, pretty wild. Yep. And, and I didn't have a hard time finding the best Indiana players of all time, but yeah. I did have a hard time finding the best Indiana players of like the last decade. It is not yeah. that pretty Good point.
4: Yep. Yep. Good um, point.
3: Kind of strange to think about it, but uh, look, uh, above all, when you think about Indiana, there's a couple of things that come to mind. First of all, is the movie Hoosiers with Gene Hackman, of right. course. And then the other is of course, Bobby Knight yep. as the uh, head coach there for sure. Um, one of the, I would say the most polarizing college basketball coaches of all time, a great winner too. So even though he is not a player, he certainly has to be on this list. Now you see the picture there of him with Isaiah Thomas, but Joe, really the one player that I think that is synonymous with Indiana basketball and Bobby Knight is Steve Alford, Mm -hmm. who Knight kind of, you know, through the years leaned on, that's putting it nicely, to sort of bring him a, uh, a championship and he ended up coming
4: through yeah, no, he did, and this list is—that's um, uh, pretty impressive. Number one and number two. I don't think people realize how uh, how good both of those two guys uh, were, and that era was. There was some pretty good college basketball going on during those uh, during that era, and they were at the top of the game. Yeah, Steve
3: Alford is Isaiah Thomas one and two for sure. And then we get really thin. Like I don't know where Indiana basketball has been. Maybe I gotta do a better job of looking into this over the last yeah. ten or twenty years. But uh Calper Cheney, of course, was a yes. really, really good college player and also pretty good in the NBA. Scott May, who played in the seventies, I wasn't that all that familiar with, but he was the actually mm-hmm. the college player of the year with Bobby Knight there. And then Alan Henderson was a really good player as well in the yep. in the mid nineties. But since then, Joe, it has been really really thin mm-hmm. for the Indiana Hoosiers. And look, you could say that about every college basketball team. You could right. find a lot. But in order for the Hoosiers to go back to competing against uh, or competing for Final Fours and college basketball championships again, I, I mean, they, they have there's, some things have got to change. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the recipe is, but they used to be the team synonymous with college basketball. And now there's probably like five teams that are, that have moved ahead of them in that spot.
4: Big time too. And uh, once they, they were so, when you, you know, when you're at the top like that, you have such a figure like uh, Bobby Knight uh, leading uh, the crew. And then, you know, as Bobby Knight fell out of favor, it really started to go downhill from there. But there is a guy out right now that I guess the most recent example that might be able to make this list is the same guy whose birthday it is today. Victor Oladipo was an Indiana Hoosier, too. So he would be the only other guy I would go. Yeah, maybe from a recency standpoint, Oladipo uh, might be on that list as well.
3: Good point. All right. So that's our stadium tour for today. We'll have another one tomorrow, no doubt, on Cinco de Mayo. We'll see if we can come up with with even a better one. We'll also, on Tuesday's show, have a review of The Last Dance. We've kind of promised ourselves on Monday to give you guys an extra 24 hours of the show before we start talking about it. So we will do that on Tuesday. But coming up next, we dive into the best and worst Star Wars movies of all time. It is May the 4th. As they say, may the 4th be with you. Craig Mish and Joe Raneri here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Creek. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back with our full Star Wars May 4th recap and rankings right after this. Don't go away. We'll be right back. How
1: to get my bread up How to get my up
3: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Raneri. And as you know, we've been talking a little Star Wars on this show. It is May the 4th. Joe is his way through an hour and 40 minutes through the show. Now let's bring in someone who uh, actually is a very big Star Wars fan back in the day. And uh, Joe Pia always with strong opinions on virtually everything. And so Star Wars will be no different than that. Joe and I, of course, both our football season and we had our uh, conversations and our Star Wars debate. And we bring them
2: now here in on may the 4th joe good afternoon thanks for coming up thank you for having me on the holiest of all days for star wars fans it's very important it's a day of observance it's a day where uh weird specter people from your past just show up and tell you things like obi-wan kenobi might And, and i'm getting from what you're saying craig that joe ranieri not the biggest star wars fan is that what i'm guessing here
3: yeah, that would be an understatement. Um, he he did a good job pretending for a while, uh, but we, you know he got exposed on a few things yeah. there. But he was a very big Star Wars fan of the original, uh, the original mid series, the four, five, and six, Joe. But then beyond that, he really
4: yeah I gotta tell yeah, you, Joe it was uh, it was a lot of that once those prequels came out, there was a lot of bong hits and I just couldn't follow, brother. i'm I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I just I, uh, I can understand
2: that. I, I I kind of feel the pain. I remember in college when Phantom Menace came out, being so excited. I remember going to see the Midnight Show with a bunch of my friends, and we were so excited and we saw the movie and the movie happened and then, uh, we kind of maybe a half hour into the movie we started looking back and forth each other going it's it's good right it, it's good it, it, it is right and then about 45 minutes in we're like okay maybe it's not as good as we hoped it would be and then an hour and a half in we're going it, it's 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 a movie right it's still a movie and then by the end we were all just disappointed and confused um yeah jar jar binks was kind of rough and no i'm not I'm with you joe the, the prequel's not very good bong hits would have been a better idea I, i'm, I'm definitely gonna support that message
4: thank you see mish Okay, it still
2: here. gives Joe Raneri no excuse
3: for me doing this, Joe. Okay, there's no excuse for this. All right, this is this actually happened on our show today. Uh, so, w- what happened was, Joe, I was telling I told you the story, I think, previously. How I don't know if I did it when we were on the air, but I think I told you the story about how my parents are always really good at saving stuff and they always saved all my cards and all my toys through the years, but they threw away the Darth Vader uh, case. I think I told you that. I don't know if I did. Yes, that. you
2: did. Oh, we did. I still have my Darth Vader case, and I actually still right. have it. The old Kenner toys, which is kinda weird because the lightsaber, if you remember Craig, used to come out of a slot in their arm, which is kinda weird. That seems like a, a really weird procedure to have done where the lightsaber yeah. kind of protrudes from your own arm, but I guess, you know, and, and it only came out about six inches, too, is or like relative, not inches, but you know like yeah, relative I, I showed to their size. The
0: yeah. Yeah, I yeah. showed
3: it on the show. Yeah, but but here but can you if you can see me, Joe, I don't know. So like you know who this is, Joe, right?
2: Uh, yes, that you- is use an Ewok right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I showed that to Joe Ranieri, and he said, "Is that Webster?" Legitimately asked. That Webster?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you mean that little kid who was adopted by Alex? Hey, well, Put it, it up again. Put it up. Let me see. I mean, it was. I don't know why that's the person that came to mind, but yeah, I'm no. I'm very concerned. <laughs> I'm very concerned
3: for Joe Ranieri all this time in the house uh, I- without going to a dispensary.
2: It's just been <laughs> yeah. very, very difficult. I but think joe needs to people again that's what i think he's forgotten what people look like
4: you guys are just rough man you guys are not rough i i'm sorry i don't know what made me come up with that we went different strokes we went a whole lot of different places with an ewok i'm just saying it's crazy uh, I, don't it's a whole lot, I don't know how many places
2: i want to go to an Ewok? i'm not sure uh, i feel but, like i uh, dated but,
4: that once i feel like somebody i dated at one time my word <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not Webster The Ewok, the actual Ewok My, I can't uh, all right,
3: oh. this show, I don't know if we've passed the PG rating on this yet today
4: Oh, it's all way right,
2: so, on <laughs> yeah.
3: It's not going to air Okay, so uh, so Joe Pizzoppia, big Star Wars fan We created a nice little graphic for you too, Joe uh, With your top uh, movies of all time Your top five Star Wars movies of all time
2: Yeah, and I'm biased because obviously, you know, when I think of the Star Wars trilogy, I think of the original ones too. And it's because they were good. It's because George Lucas wasn't allowed to basically do whatever the hell he wanted. So, number one, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is a great standalone movie, period. It's, It's standalone. It's a great script. It's a father-son kind of relationship. It's got a lot of great content. they written by Lawrence Kasdan, by the way, who also wrote The Big Chill and a lot of other great movies in the 80s. Uh, Rogue One is number two, and maybe, maybe it's a hot take that I put it this high, but I feel like that's the adult grown-up Star Wars movie. I kind of love the whole prequel feel to the story leading up to what was going on. I think it was amazing that in Rogue One, they were able to basically give you a movie where you knew it was going to end badly. You knew how it was going to go down, but at the end, you were still somehow feeling for the characters and you get emotional with it. And I thought that was terrific. New Hope, the original, it got to be top three because there is nothing without New Hope, uh, especially the moment where the stormtrooper hits his head walking in. Somehow nobody caught that in editing and tried to reshoot that. I don't know how that happened. Uh, I actually liked The Rise of Skywalker. I actually thought this latest one was pretty good. And number five, um, Return of the Jedi, because I still find it a little far-fetched that the people that Joe Renier used to date somehow beat the evil empire. I don't know how that happened, but may- maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Joe knows more about that than I do. <laughs> it's just a, just a,
4: a gang-up. That's all this
3: is. <laughs> You're not getting away with that comment. I mean, since we've been doing the show, that is. I mean, by, I mean, and by the way, uh, Joe Pia. It, it, he said Webster within two seconds of me showing the you are
4: It wasn't even like a joke like he had time to process the joke it was like how like the first thing he thought of listen peace I, I want to tell you right now man it was worth the price of mission just to watch mission's face the minute the word came out of my mouth man it was just it was worth it as a matter of fact we are going to uh, screenshot that and send it to you you're gonna love that. Oh,
2: I, I'm looking forward to it. I also want to m- know more about the short, hairy women that you seem to be very. uh yeah, it was yeah, a rough, like
4: <laughs> kind of in that same era. A lot of it was just uh, it was an ugly time. Piece the of the '70s it. were a weird time for. Spent <laughs> <Joe, right?
3: laughs> a lot of time at the, at the track,
4: Joe. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, good point.
3: Okay, so with, with uh, you know the one thing that that I didn't do that uh, you know certainly we uh, piece of P and I see a lot of the Star Wars things very similarly. I like the Force Awakens more than. And uh, piece of pizza a little bit. Uh, We both agree on Rogue One for sure. Uh, I I had basically uh, Joe the worst Star Wars movie of all time as Attack of the Clones, followed by The Phantom Menace and Solo. Those were the three that I thought that were the worst. Would you put those in that order too? Before we move on to the character,
2: Attack of the Clones is. Painfully one of the worst movies ever. If you watch it as a comedy, it's delightful. It is a delightful romp uh, where some of the worst dialogue that's ever been written and, and acted between two people. I actually saw Natalie Portman was doing a masterclass for acting online, which I think is fantastic. That I think that's hilarious. Uh, but it is it is so bad that it's almost good, but it's not. That's how bad. Like I want it to be so bad it's good, but it's it just doesn't even clear that bar which is so sad that the the story is all over the place. It's just, it's miserable. The first one could have been a decent movie had you eliminated the Jar Jar Binks character and had maybe you had uh, a couple other, you know, little twists and turns here that were worth it. Maybe cut down the pod racer thing that seemed to go on for, I don't know, like an hour of the damn movie. More Darth Maul, more fighting. And I gotta be honest. I mean, as someone who was a professional fight choreographer and fight trainer for 20 something years in their life, Star Wars was the reason. I used to run around my house with one of those, you remember these guys from the 80s, one of those like silver metallic flashlights, and I pretended it was a lightsaber. I ran around my house, and eventually I got paid to teach sword fighting, if you can believe it, for uh, the better part of the last two decades. And let me tell you, man, it's all because of Star Wars. And, uh, you know, so I have to kind of give a little love there because my half of my professional life is basically based in that film
3: yeah all right so in honor of that and and here today i thought that it would be even a deeper dive where we could get the favorite characters of all time from you joe with star wars so uh, go ahead take it away give me your, wow. your top these are line.
2: these are the joe pizapia favorite characters it's number one it, you have to have darth vader without darth vader you have nothing you know we have thanos now for my children's generation and he's great he snaps his fingers everything disappears i'm sure we all like that power that'd be fantastic uh, I, especially my yard, I got a lot of things to clean up. I like to just snap my fingers and have just half the half the branches just disappear from the last two weeks of rain, but I can't do that. Darth Vader is the coolest. He's got, he's got the voice of James Earl Jones. He's got a helmet. He looks awesome. He's got a black cape. He's rocking it. Uh, number two is definitely Han Solo. When you look at him, I mean, Han Solo is the coolest of the cool. He's a space cowboy for God's sakes. I mean, what more do you need than that? And then number three, it's Yoda. Yoda, maybe it's because I'm short, maybe it's because I'm only 5'7", uh, Yoda does it for me. I, I I think when he is the most powerful guy in terms of the force that there is, and he is, you know, let's say Webster size, I think that's a very impressive thing, and uh, I'm curious, I'm glad you didn't have a Yoda uh, doll that you hung up there and mm-hmm. showed, because I don't know where that would have gone, but he's even smaller than an Ewok, yet he has all of this power, and I think we have to respect Yoda, and plus you got the great Yoda voice, I mean, he doesn't love that. Yeah, I, I think so. So so I know that when we talked during football season,
3: you wanted to stream uh, the the Mandalorian. And, and that's another show, by the way, in the Star Wars family. I didn't do that in my rankings for movies. I left it for basically just to mention at the end, I thought it was uh, very good. It ended up being very good. Did you get around to doing that?
2: I didn't. You know what happened? I had intentions of it. And then I said to the kids, like, look, we'll, we'll wait till the summer to get the whole Disney Plus after school and everything, not knowing we'd be in quarantine and then we'd have all this extra time on our hands. But what happened was I was about to do it and then I got hooked on Ozark and now I'm in that rabbit hole right now. So when Ozark is done, I'm in season three, then we'll get to that next one. But in terms of Star Wars fights, too, that's a ranking worth discussing. I'd still put okay. that Darth Maul two on one fight. That is a fantastic bit of choreography right there. Some of the newer ones actually in the last film, some good fighting there with Kylo Ren. I thought there were some really good fights there. And there's a fan film that somebody did of Darth Maul and a bunch of Jedis that might be the best star wars fighting i've ever seen so go to youtube and just look for a darth maul fan film and it is i don't know where they get this production level from they must know joe Ranieri because the mm-hmm. production level is fantastic so i'm Thanks. sure he's behind all of it because i yes. know he's our tech end here over at sports grid but let me yes. tell you that fighting will knock your socks off because you know lightsaber it's a dangerous tool my friends very yeah. dangerous
4: yeah yeah you know i gotta ask you though joe what is the fear here? As you guys obviously you, you love this series disney paid four trillion dollars for the rights to this they're gonna get their money's worth one way or the other whether that means making one a year or are you guys uh, are you worried joe that maybe they uh they might just drag this thing out beyond the point of uh, interest anymore
2: oh I, I think they they basically have already i, I well, think that's the problem the problem is we, we went from being something we never got to being something we got every year right. and i think it kind of crushed a little of the what made it special factor for it, you know? And they had all these other movies like Solo in between and all these other little things. Well, maybe we'll give you one every year, but we'll give you an offshoot movie. And I think there's a little bit of danger there. I think maybe shows like The Mandalorian's a better way to do that, do more long form TV stuff with Star Wars. I think that would be great. They're, they're doing this with everything though. I mean, they're doing a Lord of the Rings thing. Mm. They're gonna do another Game of Thrones series. So anything that makes money, we're just gonna drive into the ground because nobody wants to make anything new we just want to redo everything that's already been done, pretty yep, much.
4: pretty much. Yep, oh, good thing. He's got Webster you. on him. Well, there you go. Really do yeah, when's the reboot of Webster?
2: I mean, that's yeah. what I – who plays Alex Karras? That's what I know. Is it Marshall Yanda? Like, uh, who, who do we get? <laughs> we, need a, we need, like, a big, uh, you know, <laughs> offense or defensive yeah. lineman to play the father. Craig, any ideas? I, yeah. I don't know who you got off the top of your head.
4: Uh. Joe Thomas, Joe Staley, that could be fun. Joe Staley, I got Joe Staley. Yeah, there you go. He's got nothing going on now. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh my uh, goodness, that's Jay.
2: what we're doing. We're remaking yeah. those Powerful. shows right now, and maybe, and maybe we can get uh, I don't know, MJD to play Webster. Oh. I don't know. We could, we could get somebody else to play that role. I that's that's it. the tricky cast I think right now. Yeah. Yeah.
3: When you said Kylo Ren, uh, Joe he, in the chat he put Ren and Stimpy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to say Joe's burned out. I think he's hit hit the the max quarantine. He's officially done. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kylo Ren was a character. I don't know about you, Craig. It kind of went back and forth. I I thought the Kylo Ren Twitter handle was one of the funniest things I ever saw. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but basically it was all these emo emotional tweets about how my dad doesn't respect me and all these things. And I, I, I didn't really like Kylo Ren as much as I wanted to early on. It kind of failed for me once he took the mask off. But I think by the end they kinda of saved it. Would you agree? Did did Kylo Ren do it for you? I did. I thought
3: I thought at the end his, his character was good. But I yeah. mean the guy who put them into Han Solo is kinda
2: yeah, it's that's hard that's hard to survive that. Yeah. Well that's that was the hard part. My my kids were big Star Wars fans. My oldest daughter loves Harrison Ford as Han Solo. They killed Han Solo in the first movie and she basically threw her hands up like a dealer at a, a crap stable and said, I'm out. That's it. Mm-hmm. No more. I'm done. And uh, so I'm trying to get them back into it. So I'm gonna try. But I'm surprised you like Force Awakens, because you are a tough grader, Craig Mish. I know you. I, I know. I didn't, I didn't is, love it, but I thought it was better.
1: That's
2: it's okay. the fourth. It's the. It's New Hope. Just basically respawn with different characters. Ooh. Yeah, I was, I was
3: just excited to have it back like I was when The Phantom Menace came back. That's why I probably light on both of those. That's, that's probably my guess. Uh, listen, before we go, what, what would you anticipate is uh, anything that you look forward to the future. I know Disney Plus has had all kinds of issues with Ewan McGregor uh, playing Obi-Wan Kenobi again. But, but uh, Rennery actually made a good point, especially that Disney Plus does have to make their money on this. So any
1: clue besides Mandalorian, what we'll see next.
2: Well, I would love to see a Clone Wars film, because if you mm-hmm. haven't seen any of that, the uh, the animated series of the Clone Wars was actually quite good, and I think there's some mileage you can get out of that, so that would be a fun thing to see, but... You know, I, I feel like at the end of the day, sometimes it's better to, you know, make new stories and do other things. And that's kind of why Rogue One was good. You know, it was living in that world, but it was a whole different offshoot of characters just living in that world. And I think that's better than trying to ride the coattails of other older characters. You know, it's, it's kind of like the coaching tree in the NFL. Yeah, there's only one Bill Belichick. And not everybody that falls off that tree necessarily ends up being as successful as him. And you could say that about some other coaching trees in the past. Sometimes you just got to leave that alone and go look for greatness elsewhere and go find the next great character or the next great thing.
3: Well, Joe, thank you again for coming on the show. You can catch Joe on the weekend with Matt Stryker on Diamond Mets covering fantasy baseball reality baseball betting of baseball and of course now the classics of baseball as well thanks again joe for coming on
4: really appreciate it may the fourth be with you
2: always a pleasure may the fourth be with you as well and certainly may the fourth be with joe ranieri god knows he knows it
4: yeah, I need some help that's what i get for betting on darts good god <laughs> <laughs> That will do it for our show
3: here for this Monday. Uh, for my co host, and thanks again to Joe Pizzi-Pia for coming off the show. That will do it. We'll talk to you guys again on Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern. And I hope you guys have a great day, great night, and again,
0: thank you For stay
4: safe. be with